Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining this week's message here at Zoe Church. We're in part two of a series that we're in called New Beginnings. This week, we're talking about understanding the season that you're in so you'll understand what action you should take. I want to thank every person that subscribes, comments, likes, and shares these messages. And I also want to thank everybody that gives and partners with us here at Zoe Church. If you'd like to give, you can text Zoe, Z-O-E, to 77977, and we'll shoot you a link, and you can give right there. But let's jump into this week's message called Understand So I Can Make a Plan. Ecclesiastes chapter number 3, verse 1. I want to get into part 2 of the new series we're in called New Beginnings. And I don't know if you knew this, but God has something new for you. Yesterday we took our boys. Uh, This year we are sixth grade, fourth grade, second grade kindergarten. And uh, yeah, I got a middle schooler on my hands. I got a, a kindergartner on my hands. And we went yesterday with the rest of LA to the mall to go back to school clothes shopping. I've never seen Foot Locker that busy. I'm telling you right now. In fact, we ran into a family that attends here uh, in Foot Locker looking at the wall. These kids, when I was in second grade, I didn't get to choose my shoes. You know what I'm saying? We just rocked up in our Skechers, okay? You know? But these kids now is like, I don't want the Jordans. I want the LeBrons. I want the Jaws. I want the Kyrie. I'm like, fam, I'll buy you whatever I want to buy you. I'm buying you what's on sale, Okay? Sale items. But we're getting ready for a new beginning. Back to school. And I want to just kind of teach you today how do you handle or how do you know what to do when God starts to change things in your life? And how is it, how is it obvious whether God is doing something or I'm doing something? When do I know that God has initiated the change? Or when am I, as the kids would say, out of pocket? (laughs) And I have forced the change. And watch this, Ecclesiastes 3. We're going to jump right in to today's teaching. But I love this verse. This is a powerful truth about God. Ecclesiastes 3, 1, to everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. So God has a purpose for every season. In other words, let me just tell you, God, there's a reason why he has you where he has you. The reason why that God has you doing what you're doing, we don't know yet. Time will tell. But there's a reason. There is an even greater word, a purpose. Because God's got a plan. A time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant. And a time to pluck what has been planted. Time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. That's for single people right there in the name of Jesus. Refrain from it. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear And there's a time to sow, a time to keep silent, but there's a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, and a time of war and a time of peace. There's a purpose for everything 
under the sun. There is a reason why God is doing what he's doing in your life. God, it's cheesy, I know, but I heard a preacher say one time, God's playing chess when you're playing checkers. In other words, God is one step ahead of you. God knows the plans. God knows the purposes. God knows what he's doing with your life. God is seated on the throne. There's nothing in your life that's happening that God is shocked by, that God is surprised by, caught off guard. God is the leader of your life. And I want to tell you that there's a lot of things that are going to change in life. Trends will change and technology will change and fashion will change and people will change, your body will change. I saw a video this last week of a father that took a 10-second video of his daughter every day of her life until she was 18. And it kind of fast-forwarded to the tape, and you could see this baby become a little girl, become a middle schooler, high schooler, and your body changes, your seasons change, your relationships changes, your perspective changes. But I want to tell you one thing that doesn't change. God will never change. God is the one constant. God is the one faithful consistent. In fact, a scripture I love, Hebrews 13, verse 8. It says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me hit you with the Spanish today. Ayer, ahora, siempre. Bienvenidos a mi casa, okay? Andale pues, hey. Arriba, arriba, mi iglesia, como estas? Jesus Christ is the same. He is the same. Stop laughing at me. I feel this section laughing at me. Honor me. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today. Watch what God says in Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. Watch what he says. He says, I, the Lord your God, I do not change. I'm not going to change. My promises will not change. My word will not change. In fact, God's scripture is not bending to the trends of this world. God is not bending his truth to what fits for your circumstance. The Bible says the grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of the Lord will last or endure forever. I can bank on his character. I can bank on his word. I can bank on his truth. I can bank on his promises. I can trust when everybody else is changing, God is not changing. When the world is changing, God is, is consistent. God is faithful. God is kind. God is loving. God is merciful. I put all my trust is in, in an unshakable, unchanging father. And so God doesn't change, but I do. And not only do I change, but God changes me through the season that he has. Whether it's a time to build up or a time to break down. Maybe it's a time to laugh or a time to, to, to cry. It's my job to get in tune with God to say, Lord, I'm not perfect, but I want to be smack dab in the middle of your plan for my life. Talked about it in week one. If you missed it, go back and listen to part one. God sets me before me life and death. He just goes, here's what's blessed. Here's what's cursed. Here's what's right. Here's what's wrong. Choose wisely. Well, it's my privilege to choose the God path. It's my honor to say, Lord, I want to do, if you're leading me in to a time of laughing, let me laugh. 
If you're turning me into a time of repentance and turning away from God, let me be smack dab in the middle of your will for my life. And when God starts to shift some things and God starts to change some things, we got to lean into his grace. We got to, this is a cheesy saying, but I think it's true today. We got to let go and let God. Because God is the author and the finisher of your faith. God is writing the story of your life if you'll let him. God is writing the victories. He is writing the provision. He is writing the miracle stories. It's my job to let him. I'm a follower. He's the leader. It's going to be hard for you to serve God and still be in control. But the easier it gets, the easier it gets is when we just say yes to his plan and no to my plan. You're the leader. You're the guide. I want to follow you. Amen. I'm going to give you four things to write down and consider today. Write down number one. The season is shifting. The reason why I know there's a new beginning is because I can see the season is shift. There's a shift in the atmosphere. There's a shift in my community. There's a shift in how I feel that God is shifting something. And I love this because when there's a shift that happens, I've got to lean in and ask God. Oh, I love this. Read this verse with me. First Chronicles chapter 12. It says, from Issachar, they were men who understood the times and they knew what Israel should do. So in the Old Testament, God started with 12 tribes of Israel and every tribe had its own function. Every tribe had its unique purpose. And of the tribe of Issachar, of the 12, there was one tribe called Issachar and their only job was to recognize the signs of the times so they could understand what action to take. Let me just say this to your life. You don't know what to do until you understand what God's doing. you got to recognize the signs of the times so you can know what action to take. In fact, let me give you the, the, the title of my message today. It's called Understand So I Can Make a Plan. Now I'm believing that today you get a little bit of insight on you. You get a little bit of clarity on what God's doing in your life. It, 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 stop worrying about what God's doing in their life. Let's put attention on what God's doing in my life. Stop trying to solve their problems. Let's try and solve your problems. Stop thinking about, oh, if they would just do this, that, and the other, they'd be okay. Let's apply some of that to our life. I got to understand so I can make a plan. I want to make the plan, but I don't know what to do until I understand what God's doing. I love this about Jesus. Jesus, he understood God's plan for his life. He was in tune with, you know how they say life is timing? The other day, our, our seven-year-old, he's really funny. Like, he's mad funny. In fact, he hit me with a joke yesterday. I fell on the ground laughing. I was like, bro, that's a good one right there. And he said a joke recently, and it was like, it was funny, but it was the wrong timing. So he said the joke, and me and his mom looked at him, and we're like, We're teaching him time. You know, I think the more you follow God, the more you get closer to being in rhythm and being in step with his will. Life is timing. And I got to understand there was a shift that took place. And I'm trying to recognize the signs. There's signs that God's given me. There's, there's things that God is putting in my life. There are coincidences that keep happening. There's a word that keeps appearing. There's a th common thread or a common denominator. 
So God is doing, there's a shift. And I've got to recognize the signs so I know what action to take. Like the first time I told Julia that I loved her, she gave me a hug and patted me on the back. I got to recognize this is not the time. So I got to pivot and know what action to take. Go home and cry my eyes out. Jesus was so in tune with understanding the shift. We, we see him at 12. He's in Zoe Youth. By the way, shout out to Zoe Youth meeting this Friday night. Come on, clap for Zoe Youth this Friday night. <clears throat> we love you, Zoe Youth. And we see him at 12. He's in church. And the next time we see him, he's 30 years old and he's about to start his ministry. The first time he comes out revealing his glory and his power, he's at a wedding in Cana. And they run out of wine at this party. And his mom comes to him and says, son, we've run out of wine. Now she knows who she is. Remember, she, she was visited by the angel, the mother Mary. She knows who he is. So they run out of wine and mo the mom says, son, do something about it. I'm trying to have a night. We're trying to keep the celebration going. And, and he says to his mom, mom, my, my time hasn't come. My hour is not here. But like a good mom, she's like, do what I told you to do. Watch here, watch, watch Jesus. This is John, John chapter 2. It says, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. And he said, woman, why do you involve me? This is, by the way, it's not disrespectful context. In this, in, historically, in this context, it's fine for him to say this. Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. Jesus was indicating that he was working with a divine schedule. Jesus was managing the pace at which people would be confronted with the reality of who he was. He knew it was not time for that yet. He performed the miracle but did it discreetly and only a select group of people saw it. He, 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 was, he was sensitive. He was saying, I, I gotta know my season." And until God says it's time to go, I'm not going. I've got to be in the, in the will of God for my life. I don't ever want to be someplace that God's not. And so he's saying, I, I don't know if this is my hour. I don't know if this is my, I don't know if the season has shifted. Because God has had me in a season of waiting. But when the waiting season's over, it's a going season. When the season of stopping stops, then it's a season of starting that starts. And Jesus is just trying to do whatever the Father wants. It's not my job to force God's hand. It's my job to trust God's hand. It's my privilege to just say, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. So he's just, he's just, I like that. He's just going, I'm on a divine schedule. I'm not on my plan. I'm not, some of you are like, man, God, when are you going to show up? When are you going to come through? Can you just trust that God is never too early and God is never too late? I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that my God is an on-time God. So he's like, I'm on a divine schedule. I'm not on my schedule. I'm on a divine schedule. And now 
that I've performed this miracle here. Maybe God is saying it's time to reveal your glory. Maybe God is saying it's time to start your ministry. Maybe God is saying it's time for you to preach and teach and heal. Maybe it's time that you to go through the highways and the byways and let everybody know that the kingdom of God is at hand. What is God shifting in your life? What is he shifting and changing in your world where you've got to recognize the signs of the times so you can understand what action to take? I'm just trying to get the mind of God for my life and for my children and for my family. I'm trying to, the reason why we're fasting and praying for 21 days is I'm trying to clear out all the distraction so I can understand what God wants so I know what I can do in my life. Write down number two. Number one is the season is shifting. Number two, the spirit is moving. I can sense that the spirit of God is doing something new. I love this. Jeremiah 10, 23. Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. I love that. Proverbs 16, verse 9. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. The Lord, listen, you can have all your plans before God, but at the end of the day, God's will trumps yours. Let me just say it in a better way. God's plan is better than your plan. And so listen, the season is shifting because the Spirit is moving and the Spirit is changing. The Spirit is leading you. The Spirit is guiding you. That's what I love about Psalm 23. Psalm 23, one of the most famous scriptures in all the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In other words, the Spirit does not lead me into chaos. The Spirit doesn't lead me into confusion. The Spirit doesn't lead me into division. The Spirit leads me into truth. The Spirit leads me into freedom. The Spirit leads me into my God-given potential. The Spirit leads me into promise. The Spirit leads me into what I'm called to do. So the season is shifting because the Spirit is moving. And the Spirit is, oh, I'm, I'm telling you, when God, God is not deaf, God is not mute. God is a God that hears. God is a God that speaks. When we fast and pray for 21 days, the ear of God is going to be open to your prayers. It's going to be attentive to what you're crying out for. Whatever you're believing for, keep on going to God because God loves to listen. It's like incense that comes up before him. God loves the smell of your prayers. God loves to listen to your prayers. God is a God that he, he, he inhabits the praises of his people. He is not a deaf God. He is not a mute God. God speaks. So God's like, I want you to go here. I want you to do this. I want you to step up. I want you to step down. I want you to, I want to ask you a question today. What needs to be birthed in you and what needs to die in you? What is it that the Spirit's saying? I want you to start doing this. And then the Holy Spirit at the same time will say, and I want you to stop doing that. Because the season has shifted because the Spirit is moving and the Spirit is guiding you and the Spirit is showing you the Holy Spirit who is your teacher, the Holy Spirit who is your comforter, the Holy Spirit who is your reminder. The Holy Spirit knows the mind of God and knows what God has for your life. And listen, don't worry about what God has for them. Only worry about what God has for you. Don't have your eyes on their stuff. Have your eyes on your stuff. I'm a good steward and a good manager over the resources and the calling that God has placed on my life. And when I stand before God, I will not be accountable for you. I will be accountable for me and so I want to understand the season has shifted and I want to understand the spirit is moving because I want to follow God anybody else come on west side clap with us right now anybody thankful today that God is moving in my life so I can know what to do
Oh, I love this. Look at this next scripture. It says in, in, in Ezekiel chapter 11, I will give them an undivided heart and I will put a new spirit in them. I will remove them from their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit within them. I love this because I think some of us, we got to get rid of that old spirit, living in religion, living off works. No, it's a new spirit. It's a spirit that says, it's not that I have to pray, it's I want to pray. It's not that I have to do what God wants, I want to do what God wants. It's not that I have to give money, I want to, to give my tithes to God. It's not that I have to be pure, I want to be pure because the spirit is moving. And so I'm believing for your life that you'll stop. If you, if, you're, if you keep ending up around desolate things with thorns and bristles and chaos, that's not where the Spirit leads. The Spirit leads you into green pastures. The Spirit leads you by still waters. The Spirit leads you down the, the right path. I always think where God's Spirit is leading you, your parents agree with it, your pastors agree with it, and your people agree with it. It looks like God. It smells like God. It acts like God. It's like God's Word. It's like God's truth. And if it's not from God, it's not the season He shifted. If it's not God's plan, it's not God's will, the Spirit's not leading you there. God leads me into freedom. God leads me into His truth. God leads me into what's right. God leads me into what's going to cause other people to know him. You ever end up somewhere and you're like, oh, oh gosh, oh no. This was all me. You ever try and blame God for where you're at? Some of us have to be careful. We can't call it an entrepreneur spirit. It's an independent spirit that doesn't want to follow the Spirit of God. I can't tell you how many times that God has spoken to me and I have replied, no thanks. Great idea, bro, not for me. You can talk to somebody else about that one. God's like, no, season shifting because my spirit's moving. And I'm moving you into a new season. I'm moving you into your God-given potential. Your potential could develop or it could not. It's based upon your obedience to the Holy Spirit. And so for me in my house, for me in my life, I'm trying to do my best. How about you? To say there's a season for everything under the sun. There's a purpose of why God's doing this. I don't understand it. We were reading in our read-through this week and I was so comforted and hating the truth. Because sometimes when you read God's word, you're like, wow, this is so good, I hate it. And God was saying in John 15, anything that bears fruit, I prune. And I was just thinking, yes, no. We were at some friend's house and I met their dog for the first time. It's always an interesting interaction, me and dogs. Like, I love my dogs, but just not the dogs. And uh, I appreciate all the lat West Side. I don't know if you got that one, but MGC got that one, okay? So I met this dog, and, and, and you know, it's a, it was a shaved fella. And, and, uh, and they said, that's not what the dog used to look like. And I said, well, indulge me. What did the dog used to look like? And so they showed me video of this shagamuffin, just this shaggy dog. And I was like, I think he looked better with the dreads. He looked better with the hair. 
the shaved head thing is that there's only a few people that can pull the shaved head off. Pitbull and maybe the dog. I don't know. Not Pitbull, but the artist. Anyways. <laughs> that was so good. Come on. I thought that was good. You guys are hard to preach to, man. And, and, and God, he'll, there's a season of pruning. Or how about there's a season of disciplining? Or how about there's a season of humbling you? You ever, you ever be in a season where it's good and you're like, oh, don't mess it up. Oh, God, this is so much fun. How long is it going to last? Like, things are good. My marriage is good. My kids are healthy. It's like, just, wow. Because this is so much better than that trial thing and that tribulation thing and that you maturing me thing that I can't stand. I just want to have fun and eat ice cream. There's a season to laugh and a season to mourn. There's a season to break down what you built up that won't last and a season to build up on a better foundation. Come on, thank God today that God knows what he's doing. There's a season that's shifting because this, come on, clap a little bit louder in your house. The spirit is moving in my life. And so right down number three, the start or the stop is blessed. Because God is stopping some things in your life and he's starting some things in your life. And I don't know what God's about to start, but say yes to it. And I don't know what God's saying stop, but say yes to it. Because God will give you a red light when you're not supposed to go and he'll give you a green light when you are. And sometimes God will say go to Nineveh. Just don't get on the boat to go to Tarshish. Sometimes God will say it's time to reveal your glory. Just don't hide it in the closet. You got to be in step with God's will for your life. Oh, I'm telling you, when you follow God, it's the adventure of the lifetime. Because you're like, God, when do we start? When do we stop? I don't know what you want me to do, but I just want to say it again. My life is your life. My money's your money. My gift is your gift. I don't live for anything but for your glory. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. This world is not my home. This world's got nothing to offer me. I live for the glory of another name and it's not mine. So the start... And the stop is both blessed. Oh, look at this, Isaiah 43. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and a river in the desert. Don't you trust what you see? Don't you go by what you feel? The Spirit is moving you into a greater trust. The Spirit is calling you into a greater faith. It's not going to be what makes sense to man. It's going to make sense to what God God said. Let me say this to somebody in the starting. If you're in the starting, if God called you to it, he's going to see you through it. He's going to see you through that. He's going to walk with you. Even if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. Why? Because God said he's with me. And so his rod and his staff, they comfort me. And Anna McFlurry. So I'm good. I'm good. I got everything I need right there. I got everything I need. And so he says, he says, the season has shifted and the spirit is moving. And don't you recognize it? He said, he said, it shall spring forth. Do you not see it? Like some of us just got to be, uh, be, be real. And the writing is on the wall, what God is trying to do. 
can you stop walking by the writing and being like, I don't want to look at it. The writing is on the wall. What God is saying and what God requires or desires for you. He says, shall it, behold, I do, what does he say? A new thing. Will you not recognize it? Like, hold up. Some of you just got to be honest. Like, all these things that are happening, you don't think that's God? You don't think God's speaking and God's moving and God's changing and rearranging and he's molding and he's shaping and he's the potter and you're the clay? You don't think that's God? He loves you. So he showers you with his kindness. And he says, I'm going to be merciful and I'm going to be faithful because I've got something great for you. So I don't keep you stuck in the old wilderness or stuck in the desert. I will create, create a river. I will create a road. What is God saying? I will make a way where there seems to be no way. So the start or the stop, it is blessed. Because it's God. It's God's will. It's God's plan. Look at this. I, I love this scripture it, also in Exodus 33. This is Moses. He says, now therefore I pray, if I have found favor or grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider this nation as your people. And he said, Moses says to God, my pres or God says to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Worship team, come join me. I, I love this thought because what Moses is saying is, God, if your presence isn't in this, I do not want it. So how do you know that God is leading you into this season? How do you know that God is shifting or starting or stopping? Because his presence will be there. Like his presence will be there. And every time you wonder, is this God? Got to give you peace. Got to say, this is my will. Walk in my truth. And Moses is going, okay, God, I'm going to, season is shifting. You're asking me to move. Spirit's leading us to go. And you're saying your presence will be with me, but I just want to let you know, if your presence isn't in it, I don't want it. Who cares if you get X, Y, and Z and God's not there? Who cares? What would profit a man if he gained the whole world? But he forfeit his soul. I only want what the Spirit is leading me into. And usually the things he's leading me into look and sound like Jesus. The way Jesus led, the way Jesus loved, the way Jesus helped, the way Jesus served, the way Jesus spoke truth, passive righteousness, Paths of freedom, paths of joy, paths of laughter. Sounds like God, doesn't it? And so I want to tell you, whatever you start that's of God, it'll be blessed. Whatever you stop of God will be blessed. Because he is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. And sometimes he shifts a season to say, that season's over, a new one has come. That season of crying your eyes out and, and being depressed and feeling down and feeling low and feeling rejected and feeling maimed, that season's done. It's a new season. It's a season of community. It's a season of connection. Come on, I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. I feel the Spirit of the living God telling somebody at home, telling somebody on the way, that season's done. And there's a stopping and a starting that's blessed. 
Some of you need to stop some things after today. There's some things you need to just let go and let God. And say, I'm not going to act like that no more. I'm not going to talk like that no more. I'm not going to talk about them or talk about me or talk about us that way. Because I'm going to go where the Spirit's leading. And the Spirit doesn't lead me into division. He doesn't lead me into chaos. He doesn't lead me into confusion. He leads me into peace. Right down the fourth one. This is, this is probably the most important, if I'm being honest, is that it's going to require a surrender. A surrender is required. It's going to have to be a, a, a battle of wills that just ceases today. To say, I'm not fighting you anymore. I'm not fighting off your voice. I'm not fighting off what you want. I easily and gladly surrender to you, God. Sometimes, you know, with our kids, we're raising them up. And we're trying to discipline them. And sometimes, every once in a while, that independent, rebellious thing will flare up. And I have to remind my boys, oh, boys, have no problems with engaging you this evening. I've got all the energy in the world that God gave me. We can battle for one hour, two hours, or three if you like. I'm gonna, but I'm going to win. You're going to eat your broccoli. What I'm trying to say is I'm going to wear you down, buddy. I'm going to wear you down. You know what God does with you? He doesn't do it with shame. He doesn't do it with guilt. He doesn't do it with condemnation. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And God keeps showering you and loving you and showing all. You ought to clap like God's been good. You ought to clap like God's been faithful. You ought to thank God that when you were rebellious, when you lost your mind, when you did it your way, when you turned your back, anybody thankful that God never quit on you? Anybody thankful that God never left you high and dry? Anybody thankful for the kindness and the goodness and the grace of God? Come on, stand to your feet.